Hey, so welcome back to Beyond Meaning. Um, I have a bit of a to-do list for today's episode mixed with some, you know, free, free-flowing conversation and some written out uh, ideas. And today's intention is to essentially weave them into a seemingly effortless story that will become today's episode. Uh, I haven't really set a idea of how long I wanted this episode to be, but it's going to be as long as it takes. Uh, This is kind of one of the cool things that I look forward to about having a podcast, and that's just not having a limit to how long or how short a episode can be. It's cool because it's like uh, one of the big motivating factors is that I enjoy expressing my thoughts in a spoken verbal manner. But usually when I record them uh, or share them or whatever, I end up with time constraints. And something very cool is that I don't have to face those anymore. You know, I could take five minutes to explain a concept. I could take 20 minutes to explain a concept. I could take one minute to explain a concept. Like it's all just up to me. It's like complete creative direction. And I really enjoy that. Um, So today is basically just like the foundation of what we're going to be getting into, the the whole shablang, I guess. And before we actually tackle those, I wanted to just talk about some ideas. Like, for example, a function. A function is essentially like a variable that has an objective. So it's essentially, so in life, we have a purpose, right? So we can look at ourselves as functions within the system of life. We are the beings that self-reference and through the use of a recursion, recursion, okay, so purpose goes hands in hand with direction. Similarly, a recursion is what goes on during the process of a function expressing itself by being itself. So through the process of comparison and relation, a function will apply to itself the same definition until the expression is realized. So in short, a recursion is a self-defining function. So a recursion is basically the system code for a function. When a function applies a recursion, it recreates a self-referent pattern within the matrix of energy that the function was operating in. The application of this can be seen as recursive grouping. So recursive grouping is when two objects are grouped together based off of the variables of sameness. So like thinking of a five-starred star or a five-dotted hexagon. Um, It's the same correspondence. So that defines two completely new libraries of possibility. It becomes everything that is sharing in that sameness that we can define as an isomorphism. So it could become the isomorphism, everything that has an isomorphism and everything that does not have an isomorphism. This creates the duality of consciousness, the duality of thought, which is essentially only a piece of the whole pie. 
So we have knowing and we also have not knowing, but these are both the product of being. So we have a conscious and a subconscious, but these are both the product of thinking. In essence, what you know you know, what you know you don't know, and what you don't know you don't know is the entire conceptual universe of consciousness. This is essentially the foundation and building block for where consciousness branches and flourishes through. Consciousness and sentience go hand in hand. So anything that is sentient has the ability to, to be conscious and anything that shares a consciousness is the expression of something sentient. But not all consciousness is sentient. For example, an amoeba. An amoeba may be sentient, but it is not a complex organism. It is a single-celled organism. Just how there are single-celled organisms of matter, there are single-celled, and I quote, single-celled organisms of consciousness. And it is through the process of scaling and stacking up the functions of consciousness. So I have come to realize that consciousness is the stacking of the functions of the internal mind. So once you reach a certain level of sovereignty, you are aware of the actions that your vehicle is creating. And we call this, I guess, phase conjugation in some realms. In other realms, we can call it like Kundalini Yoga. But in essence, it's channeling the conscious awareness of the, of the internal mind and seeing where that awareness leads to. So that is essentially the communication of the subconscious mind to the conscious mind, which is one half of the other duality. In essence, the reason that we do self-recurrent patterns is to attract and bring us closer to what is in harmony with our initial desire, which was the purpose of the function. So as I mentioned earlier, a recursion is the program state of a function. A recursion is essentially that spark of destiny that is instilled into the soul of any conscious idea, entity. The soul that grows from that entity can take different shapes. And in essence, it could have different manifestations. Uh, it is part of realizing the isomorphisms of sameness. It is essentially realizing one with everything in the singular universe. And what that means for the physical self is the seven energy layers of the body, the seven chakras. So they're each in charge of different avenues of your life, but they are all in charge of making sure you live the life that you are choosing to live. Those are like the nozzles of a boat, I guess. That's the only uh, concept that's coming to me. Those are like nozzles that you can turn to channel the flow of prana, which is life energy. There's already been lots of talk about the chakras, so I'm not going to go too deep into the chakras. Uh, but I will be evolving those concepts of the chakras. So it's like once you balance your chakras or once you're in tune with the flow of energy that passes through each of your chakras and how those impact the way that you manifest the world, you become into intonated into a more subtle layer of your internal reality, which allows you to better interpret the surrounding environment and operate from a state of 
flow. It is essentially where challenge meets skill. It is not that life is easy. It is that you are properly aware of the situations and the sources of outcomes that you need to take in order to continue to inhabit a state of bliss. The reason that we do anything is to self-realize into ourselves and to become more self-aware of what it is that we are here to accomplish. The more in tune we are with our body, the more in tune we are with our energy systems, the more uh, information we are going to be exposed to. And we use this information to propel our, how Napoleon Hill says, definite chiefing. So we use the internal system to operate in the external world through a list of symbols. So this is essentially where society stems from. Our survival has been dependent on not only our ability to hunt and gather, but also to express the internal perception of the relative I awareness, the I am. So what is this eye awareness? It is essentially what makes you different from your neighbor or from your wife or spouse or from your child or parent. It is what makes you individual. It is the self-individuation process that psychoanalyst Carl Jung has expressed in his writings of Ion, for example, volume nine, uh, just the self realization process that is encrypted within our collective archetype of reality. So the purpose has been fragmented and it has been up to us as the collective unconscious to in terms manifest our conceived archetype and allow for the self-realization process to occur through that archetype so that persona that that merging of the anima and animus into the fine elixir that is the flowing nature of consciousness and it is through realizing that we created language as a way to quite literally share memes. Memes are anchors of culture. We are here in a society to share memes as a way to further progress our internal consciousness. And we create society based around these memes because these memes are placeholders of information that is only going to be relevant if you are initiated, if you are a part of that society, a part of that culture. And over time, we have broken down these bigger collective memes, these bigger collective archetypes into smaller, more cohesive symbols. And we have began to string these symbols together to create language. As language has evolved, so has our way of expressing memes, our way of expressing our internal perception of the surrounding environment, the world. So therefore, applying that logic and taking it a step further, the higher amount of consciousness any organism has, the deeper amount of meaning they will be able to attach to the memes they choose to share 
in their environments, in their collective, in their ecosystem, which in turn affects the world. This is because of electromagnetism. So we have waves and everything we do, vibrations. Vibrations are waves in the unseen realms of existence. So it's just waves. They're energy waves, we just don't see them. And when these waves interact with light, they create matter, such as photons, quarks, leptons, up-down quarks, etc. So this is essentially the foundation of where quantum physics gets involved. And I'm not here to talk to you about quantum physics, but when the reality that you are trying to create is vibrationally in tune with the cons fundamental constituents of matter, they intersect. So that is the ba with the ka. That is the phase conjugation. The up and the down, so the duality, that is the yin and the yang. When those two meet, it creates matter. And you as the I am are able to choose what type of matter you attract, what type of thoughts you exert in order to attract the matter that will intersect to the correspondent variables that you are choosing to send out into the ether. So you follow this line of logic for long enough and you eventually realize that by the definition of the archetypes, the human consciousness that human shares on, it, on their own is only an archetype of something bigger. So you realize that if this is where you're walking, then your perception is only an infinitesimally small representation of something extraordinarily greater. And it is a way of looking at the world, you know? Not everyone is going to say that they agree with this, but that doesn't matter. Like, it's not choosing to care about what others say. Like, your opinions are your own and no one is entitled to share like no one is entitled to force you to see the world how they see the world like if you see the world a specific way and if it's really true to you then you just need to harbor that faith that the way that you're seeing the world is the accurate way and the way that you do this is by asking yourself the questions of why you need to ask yourself why your intentions are where they are you need to realize your motivations. You need to match your clear intention with an elevated emotion to intersect that realm of bliss that forms the foundation of the entire representation. So it's realizing that not only through the ego, we create the eco, so we are connected with the realm around us because we are in the realm around us. So whether or not we want to be a part of it, we are a part of where we are. We are rooted wherever we want to be. So now it is up to you to choose to sink your roots into your reality or to just let them wrinkle up. Like you need to choose to grow your roots, to further ground if uh, you are realizing that like your reality is up to you, you know, it's 
It's your consciousness. It's your ride. It's your destiny. And like at the end of the day, like, you know, in your intuitive soul, what your capabilities are. And if you choose to doubt yourself, you're going to just live in the victim mentality. You need to release indecision. So there are certain emotions that inhibit your ability to sustainably grow and maintain a state of happiness. So I've realized that being here in the moment is being inside the results of a manifestation. My manifestations from yesterday are appearing today. And how I choose to live today will impact me how I live tomorrow. Just how, how I live tomorrow will impact how I view today. It's, it's a paradox, but not all logic. Like there are limits to logic. The universe is not bound to the rules of ego-centered men and women. We are but a small representation. We can, we can conceptualize until kingdom come, but we are never going to be able to fully grasp within our brain the utter quantity of the entire cosmos because we are but a speck of sand within the entire galaxy that is inside of the entire cosmos. We are just branching out and out and out. Once we reach planetary consciousness, we project out to galactic consciousness or universal consciousness. And it is not until we release the apprehensions that we hold to ourselves that we are capable of stepping into this frequency of unity that is all around us. It is what it is. And in my personal case, I've been meditating for next month, it'll be three years. And I've realized that the more we try to control the entire world around us, the, le the less in control I am of my own life. And that is following the train of ideation of what we are experiencing outside of our five senses. So in the outside world on the screen of space is a reflection of how we are internally assessing ourselves, how we are showing up. So if we are struggling with the relationships in our life, it is because there is too much struggle within our own internal mind. And when we learn to release from the outcome and to just take the environment and to take everything for what it is, we learn how to overcome the struggles that once held us back. It is through the conscious choice to not be a victim. It is through choosing, I am empowered, I am aware, and I am capable of piecing myself back together. Because the people who broke you, the people who impacted you, the people who molded your perspective of yourself are not capable of putting it back. They can try and you can hope that they try, but, but at the end of the day, it is up to you to choose to patch those voids. You can't heal in the same space that you were hurt. 
you need to learn how to listen to your body and how to align your vibration to your intention by following how your intentions match your emotions, how your actions create your intentions. You need to realize this is a well-known quote, but mood follows action. And you need to realize that there is something bigger and you can do this by journaling. What encourages you to think bigger? You know, like what is your driving motivation? Is it to gain deeper wisdom, to see to see a bigger worldview, to help as many people as you can? You need to consciously meditate on that. And it's not going to come one day to another. Nothing worth having comes easy. It's been for me a three year journey at this point to get to where I am now and finally starting a podcast and finally having something to say. But that doesn't mean that I have everything to say. I just have enough to say that it's like, all right, this is what's worked for me. This is what's changed my life. I have practiced and I have become adept enough in my practice. I have evolved from simply being a theorist into a practitioner. And when a practitioner becomes a master, then what's, what's beyond that, you know? It's the journey, not the destination. And I realize deeper and deeper into this truth and it just enriches my perspective of life, my perspective of what it is to be human, what it is to be a achiever, what it is to lead with purpose, live with purpose. And this is more than anything, just a call to action for you to realize or further realize we are never done realizing what it is that encourages you to think bigger all right well it looks like this is a really good place to cut episode one um yeah this is essentially how these episodes are going to pan out just kind of loose conversation with some structured definitions so we went over a lot today this is definitely worth checking out again uh i definitely know that i'm gonna be listening to this myself and i'm pretty excited to uh, share this with all of you uh well yeah thanks for listening signing off